I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What, what on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking Wow. Welcome. 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 To Prem Welcome back, everyone, to Prem de la Prem, and Happy New Year. It's a new you. It's the same podcast. If you're expecting us to change at this point, you just don't know Prem de la Prem. But I'll pitch it to you anyway, Patrick. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, no, James, I don't. No. Everything's going great. Not, not thought, Nothing worth changing. I thought 2021, uh, I just looked back, did some reflection. It's big for me. It's reflecting. Uh and, and James, I got to tell you, I nailed it. I absolutely nailed it. There's never been a better year. It was the best year. <laughs> the absolute best. Uh, yeah. Well. How about you, James? Yeah, my resolution is for you to stop interrupting me on cast. Good luck. So off to a Good great luck. start. Yeah, it's I like ja- that your resolution All right. is a projection of something that I need to do better. No, so it's like. That. I don't know if you watch I Think You Should Leave, but it's like the guy who keeps taking his lines in the play, and I just need to shout over you to retain my, my lines. James, my resolution is for you to get a promotion at work. <sighs> That's it's going to be tough, Patrick. Yep, I know. Well, it's not. It's my resolution, so don't let me down. <laughs> I'll be checking in on you <laughs> periodically. You could call it a quarterly review. In yeah, fact, you're going to have two quarterly reviews, one at work. And one with me asking about how work went. And they're going to go back to back. <laughs> Fuck it. Combine them. <laughs> the problem wow. with this man is here today. Wow. Incredible start to a Prem de la Prem podcast in 2022. It's the trilogy year. Um, hoping it ends as well as Lord of the Rings. Expecting it to end as well as The Matrix. But we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it with good vibes. Some good football to talk about. Patrick, despite saying it's the Match Week 21 recap, it's still strangely a good time to do a midseason report card because while City have played 21 games, poor old Burnley have played 17. So go ahead and split the difference and give you our, we'll give you our team of the season so far with a little twist. With a little twist. We'll get into all that shortly, but to lead off the show. Patrick, we tabled the title race talk in mid-December in favor of spending about 20 minutes talking about Aubameyang's captaincy. We mm-hmm. don't regret it. Like it no. or not, that's the most prime to prank thing we've ever done. Are we going to do that again, James? Talk about Aubameyang for another 20 minutes? Yes. There is going to be a moment where I let you talk about Arsenal City. If 20 minutes of that is about Aubameyang, I think we got bigger problems. Well, okay, maybe that's my New Year's resolution. <laughs> Knock down Scratch. the Abba minutes. Scratches like out. Scratches out notes. Yeah. No, no, that won't do. <laughs> but now, Patrick, here we stand. A Danny Welbeck header later, a Mo Salah double pen miss later, and we are forced to come out and get ahead of the narrative before we fall behind. Man City, 53 points. Chelsea, 43 points. Liverpool, 42 points, having played one game less. That's the state of the affairs. Have City locked up the title, Patrick. As we predicted in our opening season predictions, just feel like that's worth saying. 
Yeah, yeah, and I just shout out to all the uh, all the bing bongs out there who think anything else is a good pick. It's just like you pick city every year, and then maybe once every five years you'll be wrong. Uh, right, we weren't offering odds. No, it was all straight up. No, um, the the sports books do offer odds, and every now and again they give you city at something stupid. Uh, <laughs> but you know what, James, I'm I'm ready to call it. Not that it's you know officially done, but. Liverpool's missing, like it's just the pace that City set, and Liverpool's missing a little bit. Chelsea's not there, and I mean, sure, what are they eleven on the trot right now? Uh, but they'll drop a few games here and there. But I, I, I don't think anyone's good enough. And the fact that like what they can do, how they can rotate, they don't even have a number nine. Doesn't matter. I mean, Jesus exists, but in theory. So for me. <laughs> Gabriel Jesus exists in theory. He's actually having a decent season. Uh, but, no, it's 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 over for me. And what has become somewhat customary recently, uh, the, the title race is just boring to me uh, relative to some other things going on. So I think it's time we start handing out uh, participation trophies for two through four so the fans can have a little bit something else. Uh, to root for, put some silverware in the in the uh, yeah. in the closet. Uh, Instead you, of a James? Champions any, League place, you'll get any, a participation trophy. Any part of you think um, Liverpool and City are still in with a shout? No, no. You'd back Pep's team to make up that difference, <laughs> let alone keep it. You know, yeah. I, I I think it's so insane how we were looking forward to a three horse race, borderline the last time we podcasted. And they were, you know, they were keeping each other's speed for a minute. It was Chelsea was the team to beat. Liverpool was firing and and, and mm-hmm. had so much ammunition in their starting eleven. And and it hasn't gone out with a bang. It's gone out with a whimper in amongst. And this is where I feel for Chelsea and Liverpool fans. It's gone out with a whimper quietly in amongst the COVID cancellations and disruptions, or rather, some games not getting canceled when others have been. You know, Chelsea fans will say they've been pretty hard done by that. City have been incredibly lucky with squad depth. Um, some of that might be down to their club philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Foden and Grealish have a night out, and that gets stomped out real quick. But again, there all there is always a little bit of luck in that around COVID outbreaks. And, and City, they have the deepest squad in the league. We've all known that, and it's it's proven itself yet again. And uh, Afcon's about to take off, and Patrick, I can't think of a key player in the City team who's who's leaving. Mares, I think. Mares, yeah. And, yeah. and as as key as he may be, he's he is replaceable, which is the craziest thing. Right. And that's that squad depth. Uh, they let go of it, they let go of Ferran Torres knowing Mares was leaving. <laughs> like that's the state of affairs. They don't care. Yeah. No no reason to no reason to be worried. Maybe maybe they you know, I think if you're if you're making the case for the title race still being on, you need you know, these aren't things you root for, but I think you need to have, you know, COVID or injuries or something or other rip through City. I don't think anything else is going to slow them down. I think they will obviously drop points. And as Champions League picks up and, you know, they've, I find it hard to knock them specifically for the COVID situation because I feel like they've done a, as you mentioned, a real good job of kind of keeping their head above above ground, so to speak, and, mm-hmm. and keeping that squad available. So not only are they the deepest squad, uh, you know, in the league and they can field, you know, probably the best starting 11 in the league. 
you know, if they had to field their second starting eleven and everyone else had to field, you know, just just drop three players, I still favor City. And the fact is, they haven't had to do that. So it is a testament to Pep and the camp there to make sure that that's just not been a problem for them. You do see some clubs faring better than others, and then, yeah, I mean, it's we've we, we touched mm-hmm. a little bit last week on kind of the the arbitrary nature that these games are getting moved, postponed, uh, but they're not going to have. You know, if they have the European competition, all these other clubs are going to have to make that up in the in the spring, so they're going to have fixture, fixture congestion on their own accord. So I don't I don't see a formula, barring you know a, a catastrophe in the city camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two three key players being out for an extended period of time. And even then, I, I really don't see it. So yeah, I'm ready to crown them. I think all valid points. We're both ready to crown them over here. It doesn't even feel like a hot take. That's how insane city's pedigree is these days quite frankly i'm gonna get ahead of it i'm relieved at city because i don't care about them as a club i care about chelsea as a club i care about liverpool as a club arsenal as a club spurs as a club nah city just give them another one once they got i, I first, really don't care didn't matter yeah. yeah 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 it was it was like uh once the seal's broken just take as many pisses as you want sure well said james uh, Wanted to land that plane better, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot! But no, it like it as much um, uh, kind of respect I think that they deserve for kind of the 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 club that they've built. Because if we're being honest with ourselves, the likes of you know Manchester United and Chelsea certainly, and then even others aren't so far behind in terms of you know, total spend over the last decade or so, uh, but the results are drastically different. So I th- still think, you know, the, um, that bit of it is, is, mm-hmm. um, one worth at least challenging a little bit, but you know, that's what, that's what Pep's there to do. And I'm sure their wage bill is probably a little bit higher than, uh, than the rest, but these, it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't even feel like it matters if city wins, you know, it just feels like it, it almost feels like this whole era is going to be, just dubbed like you know the city era and anything else was just whatever and i wonder if that's right. how the i mean the whole of the premier league is going to shape uh over time i just yeah you'd like a little bit more parody but they're kind of like that evil that evil uh that evil team right they're like that the yankees in their heyday or um even the cowboys in the 90s or that team that just keeps mm-hmm. on winning that everyone mm-hmm. either love them or you hate them and most people seem to hate them right like, City era for sure. In amongst that, like one of the best Premier League teams of all time in 1920, Liverpool. Um, but absolutely. It, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like City is just a team funded by state oil money, all deepest pockets in the league, who bought the best players in the world and bought the best coach in the world. And it is what it is. You can live with that. I yeah. think for the most part, you can live with that. It, it would have rankled United fans... A, when we had self-respect. B, like you said, before they won anything. So it was like, oh, we got to stop them from doing it. Now it's like we just run up the score. Right. Well, it's going to start getting spicy when um, – I'm not worried about that yet. I'm not worried about that yet. Yeah, we got a few – we have a few more. Give it a decade. We got a few more we can throw away. Yeah. Patrick, you would think think we'd notch one more on our belt before they catch up, right? 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 You'd you'd think, James. Right? You'd really think. 
Oh, not the time to talk. Not the time to have that. It's really not. It's really not. Have some decorum. Have some decorum. Well, let's talk about. Okay, so there were some games that led to us making this bold call. You heard it here first on Friend of the Prem City for the title. There are some games that led to this. Boy, we're gonna have some egg on our face if they don't win. (laughs) But Arsenal City, Patrick, New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. You and I made a point to watch this game together. Crack. Ass crack of dawn in LA. Pre dawn. Right. Dawn had not even broken. You're absolutely right. It was, if there was a game to break City's stride, it was this one. And I think for, for what United had worthwhile in their season, you could say it was better for me to root for City versus Arsenal, which is just embarrassing in and of itself. But I found myself rooting for Arsenal, especially in the first half, because City was arguably having their worst game of the season, or one of them, on the ball and, and, and defending. And Arsenal were playing incredibly well and took it to them, got that little chilly goal in the first half, mm-hmm. and were, yeah, I mean, they, they made Tim Howard swivel on it at halftime. He didn't know what to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But well, t- Tim Howard figured it out by full time, smiling. <laughs> Ear to ear, uh, and then came just, and then came the egregious meltdown to swing Arsenal yeah. into 2022. Yeah, uh, uh, an interesting, uh, interesting 90 seconds or or whatever it was. Uh, but I think that you know that's in a. It's it's weird because I didn't even feel that bad about the loss. You know, in in a sense of now, there there was the longest period of time where we just were I, I think it was it was six it was six or seven consecutive games where the latest city goal in this fixture came at 15 minutes so these games were over before they began we not only looked like second best against city for so long but we didn't we didn't look like we didn't even belong on the pitch with them so going into the game we were on a brilliant run of form and it's another another litmus test and for me Arsenal stood up to that litmus test and, and that litmus test being like can can they hang with the with the best of the league? Absolutely. Uh, I think that they got some maturing to do, but we already knew that. And you know, that's football. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lose games when when you were the better side and you're gonna win games when you were second best. And I think in that you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in, in that framing I can live with it, you know? I can yeah. live with it. But man, it would have been a... I, here's the thing. Either way, I think we put, not City, but the rest of the the rest of the teams and the rest of the league on notice, right? I think that that was a statement game for Arsenal regardless of the result. And for that, I'm pleased. Uh, but the, the the result, you know, we've, we've conceded way worse goals in stoppage oh, yeah. time to lose games at the Emirates. No, it's... Um, we did it's it to absolute. Burnley last year <laughs> and to Palace two years ago. You could go, go on. on. You yeah, could go I'm, on. No. I could just re- read through the table. I'm sure we've done it. The point you make is a good one. It, As fans, you can take those games that you lose when you have a real go, not even to mention against the best team in the league, and then there are losses where it's United playing Wolves, and you're like, hang on a minute, it's our first corner in the 89th minute. Then there are like <laughs> those kinds of losses. Yeah, um, yeah. And 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 yours was absolutely the former. And I have to say, I think it was really interesting. You said like, you know, 
can't be mad at the loss or, or I forget exactly what it was, but it, it does go to show you are probably my favorite person to watch football with. And it might've been just like the early morning half awake, like Zen level headedness. Sure. But I remember you in the moment, you know, Twitter was ablaze with Arsenal being robbed and Stuart Atwell, this and that. But I remember you in the moment, like full-time whistleblows and, it, and your just gut reaction is something along the lines of, if we're being honest, you can't say Stuart Atwell made any tremendous errors here. Well, that, was before, like, that was before I saw the replay of the Odegaard one. Okay. He, he, he bottled that one um, tremendously. But I don't, you know, I think that the, the, the um, yeah, things came out after the game that maybe changed my, my perspective. But uh, Gabriel's first yellow card was for dissent. It wasn't for scuffing up the spot. Whether you Although want to say it he deserved been. a yellow, regardless, <laughs> you know, I'll give it to you. Uh, that's a ball, don't, that's a ball like, don't lie yellow, Patrick. Yeah, it was probably a ball don't lie yellow. Uh, but the second one for me, upon second look, it's like... It, you know, it's one of those, I always, I, I suppose I got to um, eat crow here because I will so often, you know, refer to, you know. Old Seggy alert. A foul, a foul be it a foul, regardless of the time, the context, anything like that. Um, that foul on Jesus for me is a first yellow, not a second yellow. Uh, and again, I know that I've taken quite a strong stance to that philosophy in the past. Uh, but you, you look at the other view, he's, you know, Jesus isn't winning that second ball. Um, and then I... I don't want to say he got the penalty wrong because Jaka gave him plenty to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, but Silva was on his way down before the shirt tug even happened. You know what I mean? So I think it was three, and maybe if you want to say four, but the three kind of calls you know, that could have gone either way that all went against Arsenal. Right, right. So that's where you feel a bit aggrieved. Uh, but I think here, here's the thing: uh, if 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 we wanted to stay in that game, right? You know, both. So we can just blame Jaka because Gabriel doesn't do anything if not for Jaka. So we can just put this all on Jaka. You know, one of the you know the the more tenured guys. That is in the an club. easy way out to help Arsenal fans sleep at night. They're like, I'm right. familiar with this kind of scapegoat and pain. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, Jaka just. I think uh, Thomas texted to us. Jaka gonna Jaka. You know, he's gonna do what he's gonna do. He's gonna sh grab a shirt in the in the penalty box with VAR. You know, just you give the referee something to think about, and you know, Stuart Atwell. Yeah, been uh been uh, been kicked off uh from being a referee for four years before. You know, I did go down the rabbit oh. hole on oh. YouTube. Oh. So he was uh, given a four four year ban from the FA for being ass. So uh, surprised he's at this stage. When you're getting it is, that it from is, the FA, tell 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 me this though. Tell me this though. Should Stuart Atwell have been the guy on that game? Whether whatever you think about the officials. It should have been a. It should have been an Anthony Taylor. Should have been a Michael Oliver. Should have been a Mike Dean. Stuart Atwell is a chump. He's I think a chump. Mike Dean's the guy you call if those first two can't make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. He's the. I don't right know who it is. But no, I think that. I think that if. Um, if you're being honest with yourself as an Arsenal fan, Arsenal. Arsenal did enough on their own accord, you know, to lose that game, and we've done that a lot. Uh, and you have to be flawless against City, and we weren't. Just barely, but we weren't. Martinelli missed a sitter. Stuart Atwell also blocked him out on that one. If you watch a YouTube video, Ray oh, come way. on. Now, watch the replay, okay, James. Now, watch uh, the replay. He's inside. He's inside 12 yards God. from the goal. Wait, the God forbid, there? God forbid we say Gabby Martinelli made a mistake. <laughs> Don't you even start with me, James. <laughs> Don't you even start? No, look, he he should be burying that. There's probably a couple other um, 
Actually, there really weren't that too, too many other chances. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can, like you said, you can lose games. I'd rather be debating, like, was that, a, was that foul bullshit or should we have finished that or should we have kept our head there than we looked like a League One side against, you know, the, you know prime Barcelona. Right, right. And so it's it a brings different, the, it a brings the team together, that kind of loss. Right, yeah. And the fact that um, the, the uh, whatever the antics were in the 59th minute, Arsenal got an FA charge, first of the year for any uh, Premier League club. And I, I think that there's been some other ones. Also, Was shout out Patrick Vieira getting oh. booked oh. same day. Solidarity. Just, mm-hmm. He's now been uh, booked by the Premier League in four consecutive decades, James. It's I pretty did see impressive. That. I did see that. Pretty this impressive. Goat status. Roy no, Keane I in think, the mud. I think that uh, Arsenal has proven that they're they're turning a corner a bit, and I, you have to say it. They're better without Aubameyang. Scratch my twenty minute rant right now, uh, but they've been better without him. Can't say they really m- miss him. You know, I think losing Thomas Party uh, for for Afcon, it's only going to be out two or three games, I think. But that's a big loss for me. He was man mm-hmm. of the match in that in that City game, but you know they said it on the broadcast. It's what it's what champions do. They find a way to win. And, you know, the Emirates has become a hostile environment. City made it happen. Pulled it. I mean, how is Roger even that far up the pitch, right? They just just make it happen. And, you know, credit to them Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So, we move, James. We move. The next game in the league is the the North London Derby. The old NLD. Yep. And Gabriel's getting the old reset with the FA Cup. So, he'll be there. So, that'll be a fun one. Fantastic. No party, though. That's the only miss. Right. Well, El Nenny as well. I want to make lines out on loan. Who the hell's mm-hmm. gonna be in midfield? Oh god! May I introduce you to Rob Holden? No, it's gonna be a, a Lakanga Jaka pivot, mm-hmm. which will be something to behold. Fabled. But, yeah, James, I'm, I was pretty pleased. I was pretty pleased. Arsenal giving a goal, and that North London derby should have, especially with Spurs form, should be a a proper proper derby. That yeah. one, circle it, folks. Spurs will have revenge on the mind too, of course. They will. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reminding me, James. They didn't yeah. lose the first game. You have to stay ready. Mm-hmm. You have to stay ready. Well, let's talk about the other side of the equation. Chelsea versus Liverpool. It was kind of, in honesty, it was a game of the season contender. It was an amazing game. It was similar to what Liverpool... Half and of the season, no doubt. Yeah, game of the season contender of the first half. Um, Liverpool and City served up in uh, a similar game earlier in the season, and... I'll just say it was poetic that this game ended in a draw because it essentially ruined both teams' title charges. But at the mm-hmm. same time, neither team deserved to lose. Or it was win, that, it was that I'd kind say. Of game. Well, I mean, you're just looking at it half-class empty. Well, I didn't think... Th- I thought they were both playing a little a little bit not to lose. In, in the, the second half. In the second half, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, but also, I think Liverpool... You have to say anytime Liverpool are two nil up, uh, Liverpool have lost that. You know they, they they lost the points there versus Chelsea grabbing them in my eyes. I'm shocked that Liverpool go two nil up. It all happened so fast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Kovacic goal was, you know, a banger, mm-hmm. uh, and Pulisic I suppose missed several. Finally got his goal, but no, I think it. I think it's just kind of. It's somewhat poetic, right? These two teams, equal equal footing, duking it out, putting on quite a show. And to not get the three points, watch City go, you know, two more points clear. I think it's I think there's a little bit of poetry in that, James. Mm-hmm. 
and we love the Shakespeare. Patrick, I do think you got to give Christian Pulisic, you know, for all the jokes we make about him, the American ties, a bit of credit because he was having a real rough run of form. He'd been Chelsea's scapegoat. You know, Timo Werner had a little bit of time on the bench. Lukaku's interview had not come out yet. More on that later. So <laughs> when there's, <laughs> and I think you can guess where, uh, there was there was a scapegoat scapegoat to be had, and it was Pulisic. And when he got that nice break to end the half, we were just thinking, "Oh God, it's going to get worse, isn't it?" And then he and then he buried it. Um, yeah. So nice little rally to end the half. And then I think the only disappointment about that game was it it didn't exactly follow the first half and the second half. Although there were some amazing saves, even even through to the end of the game. Yeah, no, it was a it was a a proper game, a hell of a game. Uh, I'd agree with you. I think game of the season so far. Before we get into the team of the season so far, uh, and a good a good weekend for for football. If you if you got up for the the City Arsenal game, if you're on the East Coast or across the pond, as they say, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed that one as well. So great great weekend. But yeah, unfortunately, I think one of them needed to take the points to keep us at least the charade of the title race alive. Yeah, because uh, that's really all that it was going to be anyway. Uh, but I do think we have, um, if we want to pretend to believe, I think City have Chelsea next. Is that true? They do. Yeah, and Liverpool's City. and Liverpool's got their game in hand. Yes. Yeah. So I think that you know Chelsea gets one. I mean, it's not. I'm just. I, I well, can't even talk myself into it. James. No, I, I was just about to say. Let's assume Chelsea beat City. City stay on 53, Chelsea move to 46. Let's assume Liverpool win their game in hand, puts them on 45. Still still seven points off City, and that's Chelsea. So, City's, the remaining games City have against the traditional big six in the league, all at the Etihad. So, just, if you're holding out hope, Chelsea, Liverpool fans are just, fans of uh, you know good competition give it up just stop believing a lesson for all you kids out there yeah just give up just quit halfway through if you're getting beat mm-hmm. abandon all hope if you think you can have fun watching a team in the premier league sorry so that got yeah, a little personal yeah is that um like what what do you do if you're liverpool or chelsea right now you just gotta gotta like go through the motions i guess they got champions league but Oh yeah, both teams have three three cups to play for. I don't think, let's say, a Chelsea or Liverpool season where they only win the Carabao Cup. I don't think that's going to be a barnstorming season by their by their standards. You know, I think like a season where we win a cup, you're thinking Champions League or FA Cup. Um, Has to be. So obviously, Has still lots, a ton still to play for, and you know, I don't think. Tuchel or Klopp will even be close to talking about the season the way we are, or even thinking it. I think they probably genuinely think they can still. Turn yeah, the I tides, think it's. But. I think it's one of those things where you probably just say, "Look, it's there's game there's game. no no sense in looking at the table. Let's put our head down. Let's do what we can over the next ten fixtures, and then we'll look up and see where we're at." You would think, yeah. and they'll still be ten points off, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, absolutely. But keep the All focus. Right. Keep the focus. Yeah, heads down. Good game, you guys. That was a good game. Thanks for that. Because we don't get a title race, so thank you for the good game. I, yeah. I do. I genuinely mean that. That you, sounded... You de- deprive us of the best 
thing that we could have, which is a good title race. So you give us a good game instead. You know? It's like saying, hey, everything I made for Christmas dinner is bad, except the mashed potatoes. I hope you like them. <laughs> You're like, all right, great. I can eat a lot of mashed potatoes. <laughs> I'll have those. Yeah, but nothing else. No, 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 no. Mashed potatoes. That's it. <laughs> Enjoy. Turkey's, turkey's out this year. Oh, oh, all brother. right. Let's move on to the main event. It is the team of the season so far. Parentheses. Patrick and I lay out a starting 11. Here's how it's going to work. Where we agree, that's great. Done. Consensus. I think Patrick Easy. and I have pre-aligned that there's between five and seven what you call doofs. No brainers. No does. That should not be a problem. However... On certain cases where we disagree, instead of take shots, shout out the 100th episode, goat status, we're going to pitch it to everyone on social, that means you guys, and we're going to reveal the results next week and the final starting 11. There's probably a little bit of tally of James' pick versus Patrick's pick as well. Mm. Um, Must be. We, did, are, are you tracking, Patrick? Does that make sense? I am I'm tracking, James. I'm tracking like a free safety. Let the games begin. Like like players targeting uh, Soyonchu in FIFA Seasons Online. Mm-hmm. Free Go safety right style. Out. Well, I'm not going to get cute with it, Patrick. I'll be honest with you straight up. The majority of mine play for City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm just going with the best of the best, you know? Most actually, of mine, yeah. Actually, I only have one Chelsea player. So do uh, I. It's got two asterisks. Actually, three. Mm. Ooh, the triple asterisks. Rare. Mm-hmm. Rare in yep. nature. All right, well, let's get into the most contentious one of the day. Goalkeeper, Patrick. It's David De Gea. And it's simply because, one, I needed to make myself believe a United player would make this team. Two, Dave saves. He's got 67 saves. It's the most in the Premier League. Compare that with Melier, who's got 66 but has conceded 10 more goals than De Gea. If you see what I see and what United fans see on a week-in, week-out basis, we are proper shit. And he's just doing insane stuff on a weekly basis. I think he's back to being one of the world's best, if not the world's best. Dean Henderson can proverbially suck it. You say jog on in England, James, and that's um, it's effectively like saying suck it, but in a polite way. I've learned that. Um, from Hot Fuzz. The hard way. Um, I knew you were going to say this, James. So um, I've prepared why Aaron Ramsdale. <laughs> and so I didn't want to get into that, though Aaron Ramsdale, I think, is is fairly in with the shout. Um, but I'm going with Jose Saw from Wolves. Whoa. Uh, reason here, uh, Jose Saw, out, and, I, and I'm making the case against De Gea because I read you like a goddamn book, and now I'm going to play you like a goddamn fiddle. To be fair, Saw, I think I more or less told you I was going to do this. So there goes the the spirit of the game. Well, you, you've been saying all season long how De Gea is the best in the world again. He's in the best of the world at one thing, and that is shot stopping. And United's defense is horrible, so his skills are shining. He doesn't. He can't come off his line. He can't play with his feet. He can't do anything else a modern goalkeeper can do. That hasn't He's been relevant this season. <laughs> Well, maybe it would have been. Maybe Maguire doesn't look like a uh, like a Mack truck without wheels if he can just turn around and play it back to his goalkeeper. Oh, so this is a yeah. referendum on Maguire now. 
Well, I I think David David uh, David, excuse me, De Gea has something to do with that. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> Jose saw uh, eight clean sheets, which is if you exclude Ederson and the freaks that are at City, uh, tied for tied for second, kind of in the league. He's got eight. There's a few on nine. Uh, he has the the best, better than De Gea in terms of expected goals uh, allowed. Uh, versus goals allowed. Uh, De Gea is second or third in that category. And also, second fewest goals conceded in the league are Wolves. I think Jose Sa Mm -hmm. is the shining light on a Wolves team that is outperforming. They've only scored like 14 goals in like 18 games, Mm -hmm. versus De Gea is the silver lining on a shit sandwich. And so that is why I'm going Jose Sa, but we all know Aaron Ramsdale is the real one here. But I can't make this Manchester United versus Arsenal. So Jose Saw over De Gea. I will not accept De Gea, James. Will you accept Saw or this going to the people? Absolutely not. It's a cute, it's a cute pick, Patrick. I like oh your rationale. Goodness. I like oh your rationale. Goodness. It's going to the fans. It's going to the fans. And fans, I'll tell you what, there's no there's no option C, other option. You're voting between De Gea and Saw. <laughs> Ederson, who has Speak more clean she- who has yeah. the most clean sheets by two with 11 is not an option. Aaron Ramsdale, no. not an option. Allison, not an option. It's Jose Saw or De Gea. You better And also you better Mendy, like not it. an option, um, just because oh, he's not yeah. an option. Who's, not I mean, because of the rules of the game. It's just he's... Who's Mendy? Yeah, exactly. Patrick, exactly. do you want to call Actually, Carl and just tell him we're not picking Mendy in the team of the season so far? Yeah, why not? Why don't we see if we can get him to weigh in? 9.45, I'm half certain he's asleep. Yes, with a newborn child. He, this is well, this is at best poor form. I don't think the child's at home. He did say he couldn't play Warzone tonight because he's working late. Let's see how this goes. Okay. Put on a speakerphone so I can hear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You hear that? Mm-hmm. going great this is great radio and i won't hear anything other this is ridiculous it's like he doesn't want to pick up a call from me at 9 45 on a wednesday what is it what what is this about three one all right we'll be having words we'll be having okay. words well if you ever want to know the first three digits of carl's phone number not bleeping those out <laughs> would have had to do something i think if it was all 10 but now part of me wants to call Andy and not not give anything an extra explanation. Just be like, Andy, De Gea, Jose Saw, who are we going with? I mean, if, if yeah, why not? Why not? Let's send it. I think he's recovering from COVID, so we know he's not doing anything. Or at least he shouldn't be. You want to take this one? Yeah, why not? He was texting me about Cornhole earlier. And his last text to me was, let me know if you have questions. This is going to be great. <laughs> Hey Andy, you are uh, live on Prem to the Prem. I got uh, I got James here. We got a question for you. We're trying to decide who the uh, goalkeeper team of the season is so far. Uh, we need you to decide between Jose Sa and David De Gea. I don't know how to respond. I wish I had prepared something to say. Who is the goaltender for? 
He's not in consideration. Uh, that's that's okay. uh, yeah. Between these two, who who does each guy play for? Uh, so, Jose Saw Andy, plays for Wolves. And it's James here. Okay. James Burton. Uh, the other guy. And De Gea, then, uh, De Gea plays, plays for okay. uh, Man rude. United. He, rude. James, he can't hear you because you're in my headphones. Understood. Okay, I'm gonna go for the Man United guy. Wolves doesn't have the attack right now because Swan and Jimenez can't stay healthy. I mean, that's close enough. Um, but you're gonna have to vote on Instagram uh, to have that vote officially count. So you can yeah, check that out in the next couple of days. But appreciate your yeah. insight. You got it, man. I'm going to Instagram right now. Happy to help. Always it's not up yet. You should tell him it's not up yet. Yeah, yeah. We'll 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 let you know when it's up. But yes, always appreciate the help. Always, my man. Good luck with the rest of the episode. I'm gonna get it for you. All right. Thank you, Andy. Talk to you later. Take care. Peace. Bye. He know what he's talking about. Let's get on to the defense. <laughs> He went store brand. God, if that wasn't the most electric content of 2022 so far. <laughs> We're setting a high bar out the gate. <laughs> Goaltender was used. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, my God. I was about to say running back. I'm a shambles, Patrick. Mm. Uh, okay. First of all, we didn't clarify this. I'm rocking a neat 4-3-3. I feel like that is the acceptable way yeah. to run it's a, a fair team of format. the season. It's a fair format. Okay. Though good. we're going to have to keep an eye out if if we get some of these three at the backs growing and growing and start. I feel like you got to win the league with three at the back before you can consider that a change. So mm-hmm. I don't think you got to worry about it for a minute. But I do agree. A 4 3 3 is the most amenable to like getting all the people in there. Yeah. All and you can play players. You can play little variations of that as well right. to make people fit a right. little bit. Okay. Patrick, I really hope we don't have contention here. I'm going Trent. Big comeback season for him. Leads the league in assists with nine. That's tied with Mohamed Salah as a right back. Um, as a team, 10 clean sheets for Liverpool, second only to City with 12. Um, side note, I made myself sad because when I was looking at the assists leaders, I saw Pogba is tied for third most assists with seven, and that all basically happened in August. And then he got injured and said he wanted to leave again. So I'm going with yeah. Trent. Yeah, yeah, we can make this positive, James. No need to go there. All right. Um, yeah, it's absolutely Trent. There is, uh, if, if, regardless of the other people that might be having a good season, there's no one that's touching him. When Trent is on uh, form, he's he's that dude. You know, you still he can still get found out every now and again on defense, but his contributions offensively, I think, yeah. do uh, do quite a bit there, James. Quite a bit. When Trent doesn't have a highlight reel defensive shocker. It just elevates him that much more, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like when he hasn't been mm-hmm. exposed in a while. Yep. 100%. 100%. That was an easy one. Okay. Trent it is. All right. Why don't you go ahead? One of your center backs. James, one of my center backs is coming with three asterisks. Yeah, the old the old tristrisk. And I'm giving it to Antonio Rudiger. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's coming with asterisks is because he wouldn't be in this real-life team in a 4-3-3. But in the three, James, this Tasmanian devil lunatic that they got running around Stamford Bridge has been on fire this year. I would accept Thiago Silva as well, though I do think Rudiger is the guy, even though uh, Silva's having actually a pretty good season as well. They just extended him. But I'm going with Antonio Rudiger, Chelsea's defense as a whole. Uh, we joked about Mendy. Um, and I think the reason we joke about Mendy is because of the group in front of him. And for me, Rudiger is the leader of the group. The reason he comes with asterisks is because I do think it's a little bit more by committee. 
but it felt wrong mm-hmm. to leave out one of the mm-hmm. Chelsea center backs in this equation, given how good the unit has been. So I'm going Rudiker. I, I'll tell you, I could be talked off this one, though. No, no need, Patrick. Well done. Um, Rudiger as well. I think, there we go. you know, in that committee of three, uh, Silva, Chalaba slash Christensen, Rudiger, he is the spark plug. And it's not just what he does on defense. I have not seen that kind of marauding run from a center back in a long time. And he goes on him about once every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's insane. You know, he's I think he's like the energy leader as well from the back. He hypes up the crowd. He he does everything you need. He's the kind of player yeah you, you hate as an opposing fan, but would love on your team. So totally, totally. And I don't I don't know how he doesn't get booked more for 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 what he, what he finds merchant. himself into. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a complete wind up merchant. Um, but again, if, if what do you want your center back to be? That exactly right. that. Uh, so, fair play to him. That defense is fantastic, and he's the he's the leader for me. All right, Patrick. Who's well, the second? Gonna, yeah, I'll flip it back around on you. Um, again, hoping not a whole lot of contention here. I think that's really for the later positions. Ruben Diaz, the rock of City, 12 clean sheets. You know, captain when Fernandinho's not in the team. Um, this guy needs to be studied in defending school. Reminds me of a, reminds me of a prime Ferdinand. He's phenomenal, James. He's there for me. And it, it just making this list felt felt dirty leaving out uh, Van Dyke. Uh, but I, I, I think... I don't think he's I had think, the best of seasons. I'm just I agree say. with you. I'm but I, but I, I, I was, we were talking about this the other day. I think Van Dyke opens up Liverpool so much that more like than his his impact is more on the scope of the team than it is as an individual defender or anything like that. But that city defense is phenomenal. Ruben Diaz has transformed that team since the day he stepped on the on the pitch, uh, and he's continued to do that. Can't believe he's only 24 years old. If you wanted to run, we're wondering when City's dominance is going to end. You get another decade of this guy tormenting the Premier League. Uh, he's he's fantastic. I I think that in every iteration of the team of the season, predicted halfway through end of season, barring an injury, this guy's going to find his way in there. I think yep. he's that good. Yep, I think that's a good call. Out of every name we've mentioned so far, he will be the most likely to just stay in the team. Right. Yes, I'd agree. Well, him and Trent, I think, are nailed on. But yes, continue. Um, you, left you back. Continue. Left back. James got a little out of pocket here. Oh. Because he's I wasn't ready to argue this one. Traditionally a right back, but we've seen him at left back several times. Oh, okay. Maybe we are. So I'm going to say Jao Cancelo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I felt a little wrong. No. Because he was a no, right back by trade. But he's he's had some... Great games at left Swiss back. Swiss Army knife-esque. Yeah, and you know we're sitting here thinking, like, who are they going to play at left back? Mendy's in prison. And I don't know if you saw the news. He's in, like, the worst prison. I, it's filled with United fans. Yeah. And now then uh, Zinchenko. And, but, no, let's just play Cancelo there, and he's just going to light it up, tuck inside a little bit, and just be, be that dude. I mean, Pep. if we're being honest, that dude just lives in the midfield sometimes, so I don't really know what to call him. They keep but. the. I was looking at possession stats. I was doing a little little deep dive to make some of these cases. City's average possession is over two thirds possession. So defensively, he's got to be playing left back for a third of the game, and then the other time he's basically a holding midfielder mm-hmm. with incredible pace and and actually he's got some good end product to him in terms of his his uh, final pass. Final pass. Yeah, exactly. So um, there it is. Jao Cancelo. Yeah. So that what's what's that, James? Is that a 
Wow, an entire back line. It's a clean sweep. Picks. It's a clean sweep for the back line. I think, wow. I, Patrick, I think the back line was the easiest one to agree on. I think it's going to get a little stickier as we as we keep going. Um, bar right, I think, you know, unanimous number one overall pick. But right. uh, last interesting thing on Cancelo that I found. Uh, most passes in the season, it's not always the most revealing stat. A lot of it's defenders. Um, the top four are indeed City players. Cancelo yeah. has 1,675 passes, 310 more than the next player on the list who doesn't play for City. Pretty God. cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to, we got to do some deep dives. We got to do some deep dives at some point. But yeah, clean, clean sweep. Take us into the midfield, James. All right, I'm going with my holding midfielder, my number six, my destroyer. And I think, Patrick, if you were to pick one player responsible for West Ham's ascent, and I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not, okay, I just double negative myself. I'm not saying he's the only West Ham player to make in my team. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But if we were to pick one, I think you would have to put it down to Declan Rice, the captain, the heart and soul of the team. Um, He is the kind of player where the things he does doesn't exactly show up on the stat sheet, but if you watch West Ham at any kind of length, you know just how important he is, and I think he strongly deserves the place as the best holder in the, in, in the Premier League, I'd say. Yep, he was um, he was mine as well, James. Declan Rice. Uh, I was trying to pull up some of those stats that I was looking at earlier, uh, because if you actually do look at it, James, in terms of the, the stat sheets on... Uh, you know, tackles, passing, those things that he, you know, you'd, you'd want him to be in there for. Um, you, you talk about an anchor in a midfield. You think about, you know, the greats that have ever played that game, this game in that position that, you know, don't really ascend from that holding midfielder position. You know, your Busquets, your Javi Alonso's, uh, you know, many others, of course. Declan Rice fits the bill and he's fantastic and he's young, 22, 23, I think he is. Mm-hmm. He's, he's he is he is fantastic, and for me, uh, I, I, don't, I I wouldn't even say holding midfielder. I think he's one of the best midfielders in the prem. Yeah, I no, I I think he doesn't get the comparisons because temperament could not be any different. He seems like a very nice, kind fellow. Um, I he reminds me a lot of Roy Keane. Mm, in terms of the way he plays the game. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he, he he gets forward just as much, and he has got a good shot on him. Yeah, and then so in terms of um, yeah, one of those stats that I, I wanted to bring up. He has about a 90% pass completion rate, which for a midfielder is pretty pretty insane. Uh, and he is kind of in the mix as well. Uh, not super high on the list, but in like the, the 30s range in terms of progressive passes as well. So they're not just bogus, you know, digging right. it around passes. That's good. Where if good I'm sure I look, attack. Up, look up Jaka here, <laughs> not going to be too high in the progressive department. Sure. Uh, but no, I think, and then also on the tackles, interception side, he's, he does the job he needs to do, uh, and you nailed it. He's he's the the guy there for the ascendancy. Sure. All right. Um, over to you. All right, James. Moving in, and he's the man that I think um, should be in just about everybody's. Um, but I wonder. I really wonder how this is going to shake out because I went. I was between two here. Okay. Uh, but I went with Bernardo Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Bernardo Silva, and this is one of those, you know, um, wouldn't hate you if you went KDB here. Wouldn't hate you if KDB still on your list. Uh, but I think Bernardo Silva is the guy who we were kind of scratching our heads if he still had a place in the city team yeah. at the start of the year. And now he's he's got to be the most 
if not well, the most, half their team's undroppable. But he's certainly one of the more undroppable players on that team. And to be undroppable on City, to be undroppable in that midfield slash attack, which he is, you know, you got to give it to him. Uh, for me, also, he's got, you know, the seven goals, uh, the seven goals on the on the season as well. So he's doing yeah. it all. He's doing it all there for him. I think you took the words literally out of my mouth. I've got Bernardo Silva too. I also noted those seven goals are already his best tally for any season. And we're in the first so? half of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, maybe even adding more to his game. I know. We thought he was a dead man walking and suddenly he's not exactly um, disposable in that lineup. Like you have to figure out who you're putting in there between, you know, KDB, Foden, sometimes Amarez, like makes the makes the decision making over there very very difficult so nice one mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. round out um, the three this this is not a nailed on one this this rounds out my midfield i actually love my team like i would love to play with my team uh yeah. it feels it actually feels very balanced in a way uh i've got connor gallagher here patrick and that is on the mm-hmm. basis of breakout player of the year for palace mm-hmm. um when you get a player on loan, it's kind of like, is he going to step up to the challenge or is he going to fade away? I think you can kind of note a lot of examples of loans that haven't exactly panned out for some teams right. this year. This is a guy who's going to go right back to Stamford Bridge and argue his his way into the starting 11, um, just on the basis of how he's been playing, scored some phenomenal goals, link-up plays all there. Um, he's getting it going with the new forwards they just signed. Real important player for Vieira. So James, I think it's a it's a it's a good pick. Uh, it's not the one that I went with. I think that he's, you know, I I it, I was actually checking this out. I think we, you know, Palace has lost some pretty um, heartbreaking points this year. Uh, they had two two wins turn into a uh, turning into draws in stoppage time against both Brighton and Arsenal, and they've had a few other heartbreakers along the way. And yet they're still in eleventh place uh, in the league. And I think. We always kind of talk about Palace as being one of those teams that probably is going to sit, you know, comfortably above relegation, but not quite in that like mid-table Europe conversation. Not to say that they are there, uh, but I think Palace is having a tremendous year. But I'm going with my boy, James. It's going to Emil Smith-Rowe in the midfield. Emil Smith-Rowe is, laugh if you may. He's not even starting. Super sub. He scored in like, well, last, prior to the last game. Four consecutive games as a super mm. sub. He tacked on the last goal against Norwich to make it 4-1. Someone get he him sure a knighthood. He sure did. But it's eight goals on the year. He's taken the Arsenal's number 10 to start the year. I think when you're talking about breakout player of the year, young player of the year, however they determine that, and like young player of the year is going to go to like Phil Foden again. Somehow he still qualifies for that. Uh, you know, they, It should be rookie of the year, something to that degree. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, I think, has, has stepped into a major, major role yeah, uh, and sure. filled it seamlessly. And again, I think he's adding bits to his game day by day. Uh, and for me, you know, uh, it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the young guys you pick with the highest the highest ceiling and potential and stuff like that. But he he's just got a feel for the game uh, that I'm, I'm in love with. So I'll, I'll admit a little bit of bias. If you pick someone other than Colin, Connor Gallagher, I think I could have been talked off it. But I think this one's going to the Prem heads. It should be a fun vote. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, first off with the whole Foden discussion, I do think like breakout player of the year is an apropos um, 
like award to give out because it, it does rule out like the Greenwoods. It rules out the the Fodens. Maybe it rules totally. out rules out like a Sokka because like they're on people's radar. Connor Gallagher not on people's radar. Emil Smith Rowe. I think by that criteria, you're absolutely right. He he is kind of like a head to head challenger with Gallagher. I don't There's a couple other on the list as well, different positions. But yeah, fair enough. The reason I'm sending this to a vote is because I think indispensability. Does this Palace team function without Connor Gallagher? No. Does Arsenal function without Emil Smith Rowe? Well, we've seen it because he sits on the bench a lot of the time. So that's my that's my argument. That's my argument. I, I have a mm-hmm. hunch. I have a hunch um Prem Heads will will favor the more popular team and go with Emil Smith Rowe, but let's see if they prove me wrong. Yeah, I kind of Connor Gallagher's been the been the like, um, oh look at this cool guy I know kind of pick that everyone seems to be throwing out. Mm. You know, everyone. Oh, we're going that route. Yeah. Well, there's another one. After uh, I just went below the belt, you think you can now go below the belt? James, you told me my goalkeeper pick was cute, so I'm not going to be taking (laughs) any more of this. Any any more of this? Uh, No, it was it was it was also a cute pick, James. It was also cute. Debate. Is the spice of life. Let's move it right along to one that is going to be... Yeah, let's just a, get this uh, over with. <laughs> this is going to be like that water with a lemon that comes out in between uh, in, in between meals so we can just cleanse our... I guess you don't drink it, but I would say cleanse palate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was never really good at dinner parties. Right wing, Patrick. Let's get it out of the way. Jaden Sancho is on <laughs> fire. <laughs> Mo Salah, let's just move on. Um, yep. He could he could possibly break his own goal scoring record of thirty two goals on the season. Um, he's on sixteen goals in a yep. thirty in a thirty eight game season. Yeah, and you also mentioned the um, that he was tied for the assist lead as well. So he is right. yeah. I mean, form of his life, best player in the world right now. On form, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I kind of find it hard to. Uh, as, as much as, you know, Lewandowski deserves it, you know, I just, you know, you're a center forward for Bayern, you know, it's just, I feel like that person's still going to do pretty good no matter who it is. A striker, no a striker, Lewandowski. a top quality striker with service on Bayern Munich in the German league. Yeah, no, and no disrespect to, to, to Lewandowski. I think he's the only person you could even make the case against um, Salah being the best player on form. And yeah. that's just because, again, I think situationally, um, you have to take a look at it. They're gonna lose. They're gonna hurt with him uh, gone for Afcon. Uh, that might be one of the few things that holds him back on 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 breaking that his own. Unless Jurgen Klopp, I think he's can in for. Uh... Oh yeah, did you get see every the, uh, game canceled between now? Did you see and the Villa the Villa tweet today after the Liverpool got the uh, the, no. the cup game postponed? No. Villa uh, Villa tweets last time out in the third round. And it's and it's just with their with their whole. If you remember when they played uh, Liverpool during I do. COVID, and their whole first I team do. got it. Yeah, and they said six yep. sixteen debuts. They made sixteen debuts against Liverpool in the cup no. uh, right after the Liverpool Cup game got canceled. I thought that was Patrick. Mint. We all know the Premier League's made up of six teams and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a fact. It's just yeah. a fact, and we benefit well, from it. Teams. But it is. I'd say oh. five teams after oh. uh, this past oh. game, James. Notice. Mm-hmm. On notice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to be a part of the big six. Patrick, there's a high probability these last two are both going to be disputed. In fact, I know the last one is because I just love it and it's hilarious. This one, maybe yes, maybe no. Striker was a tough pick. Um, yes. 
Stryker, Stryker was a very tough pick. I don't think in good conscience you can give it to Harry Kane, who walked it last year. Ronaldo, no, too much drama around him. Um, Vardy, uh, even though he's up there in the scoring charts, I don't think he's played his best football. So, Patrick, I'm going Mikhail Antonio. I kind of alluded to this um, when we did the Declan Rice pick. If you were to if you were to attribute West Ham's success to to a couple players, I think it's Antonio actually, even though he's gone off the boil a little bit in the past month or so, he 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 got them really up and going with his his uh, cool conversion on a lot of opportunities and just a little respect on the name. He went from a right back to a to a striker. So, and I love watching him play with his high school temperament. Yeah, and he also played right back against Arsenal after West Ham was uh, was down a man. So he still got it. Uh, and James, believe it or not, I also went with Antonio. And I think this was a uh, a pick where where no one person is a true standout, where in you know, years past it was going to be an Aguero or a Kane. You always have that, uh, the, that striker in the league. I don't know that we really have that one, uh, but Mikel Antonio's got a lot more to his game as well. You know, he's got five assists in the bag, uh, which has him tied for sixth in the league as well. Fourth and goals with um, with eight, and again, I think he is a absolutely formidable force up top. Uh, I think we're seeing a little bit what it would be like to deal with Adama Traore if he knew how to play football, and that's what Mikel Antonio <laughs> is showing us. He is he he gives West Ham a, not just a, a fighting shot, but he creates a problem for every back line in the league, and there's very very few center forwards in the league right now uh, who are. I'd say is as difficult to shut down as yeah. as Mikel Antonio is. Yeah, he's like a smaller Lukaku with all the with all the density. Like when he's backing down a defender, you'll feel it's it. like Lukaku got like slightly smaller, but you didn't put lose Lukaku any mass. in a shrink machine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Both the exact same output of total mass. We could not be more on the same page. Understood. All right, nice. Okay, Patrick. This last one, I will preempt this by saying. I'm going to go ahead and defer to whoever you pick just because I'm just so chuffed with my own. I just want to get it out there unless you do some some more cute shit. But I might I might be a little cute here, James. That's, Why don't you take... Okay. Yeah. All right, Patrick. I'm going with Maxwell Cornett. This guy is absolute box office. Hear me out. Hear me out. He is. He is. Go ahead. Here's an actual stat. It's a real, like, valid argument. Six goals in 11 appearances this season... About three, I think, were off the bench. I reckon only Salah's got a better ratio than that. Every goal is an absolute banger. I think they've been goal of the week, goal of the month, contenders, volleys, free kicks, all for frickin' Burnley. Mm-hmm. They're like solo goals. They're like solo goals. Like, no one's setting him up for this. He's doing it all <laughs> on himself. Um, I, I think I get a little bit of, like, Dimitri Payet vibes about this guy, just for, for playing for... You know, I'm not going to put West Ham and Burnley in the same conversation, even though their kits do match. I just get that kind of like spark plug Maverick vibe. Ooh, St. Maximin also would be another apt comparison. But just like mm-hmm. Maverick for, again, I think the words I used were freaking Burnley. So there you go. Take it or leave it. James, it's a good pick. And I'm not sure you're going to yield to me on this one. We're not the same pick, but I'm going in a similar vein. I'm going with Emmanuel Dennis. To round out mm, mine, mm-hmm. uh, I think another component here is the price tag. I believe he came over for two mil, which has to, you know, it's 
that's not how we judge the team of the season, but I think that's kind of the, you talk about kind of stepping onto the scene. These are two of those other guys who you might just say, oh, they, are they in that breakout uh, player of the year? Uh, oddly enough, both Watford and Burnley are going to be fighting it out for uh, the right to stay in the league, it seems like. So these two guys will have their say. But Emmanuel Dennis um, sitting on the fourth best um, you know, goal, uh, goals versus uh, expected goals ratio in the league. To give you credit, Cornette's bangers have him sitting on second. Who's that at first? Oh, that's Emil Smith-Rowe. Class. Anyway, Emmanuel Dennis uh, is the only thing keeping Watford relevant right now, and that says quite a bit because Watford have now lost five on the trot. Uh, I will say that those uh, their <laughs> their easiest fixture in that was uh, was away to Brentford mm-hmm. in that five. Uh, but Emmanuel Dennis has been a, a, a pleasant surprise and an otherwise uh, pretty dire uh, yeah. Watford side. Yeah, I like that pick, Patrick. Let the record show I was the bigger man in this, and I'm going to defer to you on Emmanuel Dennis here. So that's James 1 for deference and you a, a fat zero, just fighting to the bitter end. Uh, I, I don't accept that, James. Uh, this one's going to go to the Prem heads. No. No, I like I like Emmanuel Dennis for this one. I we don't, don't have enough. We don't have enough to, for the prem heads to vote upon. I actually say you're being selfish here. And you're they're going to get the two, enough. They're going to get two contentious votes. And I think Patrick, I think Dennis is nailed on for the team of the season. I just don't think he fit my formation. If I'm being honest. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. He plays a little on the wing. On the right wing. Yeah, I haven't really watched Wofford play. To be fair, so maybe yeah. he slots in perfectly. I um all joking aside, I I think this is a better pick. I just wanted to get that cornet. I was just chuffed with cornet, like I told you. Yeah, no, no and and well, cornet is it, like let me put it this way: if cornet keeps rolling how he's rolling, he's gonna he's gonna usurp him kind of towards the end of the season because he's just he's banging in goals left, right, and center. Let me just see what the uh, see if I can get some advanced advanced analytics here. Yeah, Cor- Cornette uh, has only played, you know, six and a half uh, 90s throughout the course of the season with his six goals. Mm-hmm. I you think know. he's, like, pacing the team double in goals, like six, and then he probably, like, would on three. Yeah, it is a it is a better, I believe, I got my, my whole TI-84 right here. Let me just take a little, mm. okay, one little moment here. It's a better goals to minute ratio than Salah. Obviously, Salah's playing these full games, but... I mean, that's that's what I'm like, saying. That's yep. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you've already deferred to me winning. So I have already deferred. One to me in the win column, one to you in the deference column. Yes, like I said, I'm so a bigger man. We're tied 1-1. One, one. Um, why don't we just move on? Okay. Patrick, one of us will take it upon ourselves. I'd say that should go to the man who won the won the competition. You go ahead and get it up on social. Make sure people vote on David De Gea, best goalkeeper in the world, and Wolves goalkeeper Jose Saw, and then Connor That's Gallagher versus Neil Smith Rowe. Really, a referendum on the breakout player of the year. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's a solid team we got there, and. I don't know if it's that surprising that we landed a lot of the same players. I really thought we would when I did this exercise because the people in here have really just stood out from the pack. Yeah, I was only nervous about Rudiger and then Cancelo on the technicality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then Silva if you might want to go with, you know, KDB. But I do think Silva's just flat out been better this year. Um, 
Katie I was B- a little surprised we both had Antonio, but it was like it didn't. Nothing else made sense to me. No, I know, I know. Striker was a weird one. Mm-hmm. All right. Should have done with Pep. Played a false nine. Could have gotten another one in there. <laughs> the Jesus role. Yeah. Just sh- shout out uh, Diogo Jota, who probably deserves to be in this team as well. Yeah, he's honorable mention. Certainly First off the bench. Mention. Was he second most goals in the league? Yeah, he's on fire. Yeah, I know. All right, honorable mention, Jota. Okay, Patrick, quick metaculture for you. It's five days into the January transfer window, and Newcastle have only signed Kieran Trippier. Color me disappointed. I'm furious, James. Let's I'm take absolutely a look at fuming. Let's take a look at the table here. They are on 11 points, which and the two teams directly ahead of them have games in hand. So... Ooh, their next game is Watford. Circle that one. Relegation Bowl. Need to win that. We've talked about this before. I love watching relegation contender games. They just hit different. Oh, my God. Because there's such a tension with the fans. And the quality is so poor. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Just get to watch Miguel Almiron sky sky Uh, a sitter from from six yards out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very much looking forward to it. But Watford, yeah, Watford have Newcastle next. And then Norwich following that. So they are in the relegation dogfight right now, James. They're in the dogfight. Mm-hmm. I think Kieran Trippier is an undisputed... Why am I talking about Watford? Should have been talking about Newcastle. Click right. the wrong team there. Well, well, I mean, I think you're just thinking how much you want to get behind Watford in that one, which is totally fair. That's where my head's at, too. Because mm-hmm. they're bringing in Trippier. And then, Patrick, I saw they put in a $22 million bid for Luca Dina... Plus Sean Longstaff. What's the value of Sean Longstaff these days? Who's to say? Yeah, okay. Who's to say? Um, What's the that, value of Luca Dina? Apparently it's $22 million plus Longstaff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Remember? I feel like the response is like, you could have just said $22 million. <laughs> Yeah, but one of my favorite memes over the summer was the, the one of Cuba Gooding Jr. getting like walked in handcuffs. And it's a... Uh, a do and company getting walked out of Barcelona's <laughs> office after offering five million Ganduzi for Messi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't seen a player plus cash deal since like my FIFA career when I was trying to leverage a deal for Messi. And you go to the <laughs> you go to the menu of players you can add in, and like at the bottom is like an academy player. It's like, how does Ted and Mengi take your fancy in this deal from Lionel Messi? <laughs> I don't know yeah, what Newcastle's I've, up to, but it's. Here's the thing. They're, if, they're, um, if their measured approach so far is, is, uh, is getting trippier, which is actually a good, good buy. I'm sure he's making the most he's making oh, in his career. Patrick, $12 um, million plus add-ons for Kieran Trippier, and I guarantee you if United pipped them to the deal, it would have been like 30 Which is actually a bit surprising to me. I think that Newcastle is going to get... Uh, they should be fleeced. They're going to get desperate towards the end. They should yeah, get I remember fleeced. something came out where they said it's unfair. There's one price for us and one price for everyone else. I'm like, well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it, yeah. So deal with that. But no, they're going to announce some cool new sponsorship that pays them $500 billion a year. And they're going to splash pretty soon. So mm-hmm. somebody I say think that, I think we're going to get East something Asian towards the end casino? of the season. Sorry, what? I think we're going to get it towards the end of the season. But the thing, the thing is, it's going to be hilarious if they go down to the championship. But... They're not going to have the, um, you know, the Sunderland or even, you know, looking further back to, you know, Blackpool or something like that. Or even Leeds had some runs like this where their club's not in any true danger. It's just 
can you convince Kieran Trippier to play in the championship? Uh, that's mm-hmm. the only thing you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be in sort of like the financial per- peril of losing the Premier League TV dollars that many relegated yeah. teams would be in. Yeah. So I'd expect them to be in the Premier League uh, in two years' time. Uh, but From it, Atletico it, Madrid to Nottingham Forest, the Kieran Trippier story. Oh my God, he's gonna be—he's gonna be playing in the championship, gearing up for a World Cup. Yeah, I mean, you—you you nailed it, dude. These are the most high-risk purchases you're making in January because it's like, what are the promises you're making alongside those? It's did very- you see the Villa? Villa's trying to loan Coutinho. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Also, if it's just ready for print yet, but can I, I do a a, a, P, a PSA to the Prem heads? Don't believe any Newcastle rumor because the lowest hanging fruit Until for any report. so-called journalist right now to just link anybody that isn't playing at their current club to Newcastle because why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's agent's delight right there. That's a great Dude, point, Patrick. Do, I think I, I got a new segment, and it's called Here We Go Soon. In this segment, James, you and I um, reveal to the Prem heads one each – uh, inside information that we have of transfer that we know to be completed this window. You go first. Sorry, say that again. This is a segment called Here We Go Soon. Okay. Where we, given our journalist stature and connections and what have you, we are all reveal those. to the prem head some things that aren't yet public information, some transfers that are going to happen soon mm. uh, that we can lead lean into uh, because mm. look online james the bar's low the bar's low Patrick. tell me what's happening in this window and it can't be one that's already been reported these have to be breaking stories in this january window yeah oh, or I've, you can do the I've got or a, you can do the I've got fabrizio a, one which is like uh Lahoyevic is happy at fiorentina but ready for the next challenge might not be january might not be summer but will be soon more coming later right like saying so much, but yet so little. Patrick, Thanks. I do have a nice little. I do have a nice little summer catch for you. A juicy Atlantic cod. Uh, I got a little birdie in around Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and a certain Ooh. Harry Kane feet brother are still eyeing up Man City. I don't know if you knew that. Wow, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. That is breaking mm-hmm. news. I do have a friend inside, and it's not one of his relatives. He made sure I said that. Mm, interesting. Interesting, James. Interesting. That's a good one. That is still a good on. One. Still on. James, this one is actually um, out of the out of the Emirates. I've gotten a confirmation from Gabon that uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang will not be leaving Arsenal this January and has decided to compete for his spot back in the team. Ooh. So that'll be interesting to watch. That's fun. Uh, so don't don't buy any rumors you're hearing uh, because I. I just told you I heard it from Gabon. <laughs> the Gabon Star, the only newspaper in the country. Yeah. Well, then there's the Gabonese Gadet. Gazette. <laughs> the Gadet. The Gal Gadet. <laughs> the Gabonese Gal Gadet. <laughs> it's an all-woman publication. Um, it's it's really big okay. in Gabon. Okay, I love that segment for what it's worth. I'm sure we'll bring it back. <laughs> Just uh, during transfer windows. Just during transfer right, windows. Right, okay, so this entire All month. January, we got to rock it. Yeah, here we go soon. Patrick, Freak of the Week, we got two. 
I got two. Um, the first one, I think it, it would not be a soccer podcast reporting on the Premier League without this. This Lukaku drama. This absolute whirlwind. Um, and I'm, I, I think the best way to kick off any besmirching of your club is to start the interview by saying, I'm going to keep this respectful. Um, mm-hmm. and, then, and then probably, yeah, respectful, professional. And then probably go on to give the most disrespectful interview from a player um, still at his current club. For context, Alexis Sanchez had the decency to wait till he left United to say he wanted to leave after the first training session. Was that training session the piano or the after? He's talking you about could the count, pitch? yeah, you could count the piano. You guys, dude, you got to get him a tuned up piano. That was step one. It Woodward, like when, um, when Woodward actually say separate yeah. the green M and M's. He said, "I want to play the piano," so he knew that the details were right, and you just didn't even tune it. Um, what would um wow who who, who what are what are his uh, dog's name Humberto and um <laughs> the golden retrievers yeah he's got his two boys I'm forgetting yeah, them I guess they do anyway. have names um yeah anyway we we digress Lukaku man um basically a love letter to Inter who were pissed at him for leaving because he did kind of jump ship um. It goes through like one minor bad patch at Chelsea, and he he just he just spills it all. I think my my favorite quote from the entire thing was uh, Agent Lukaku told Lautaro Martinez not to come to Chelsea because he would just meet him back at Inter. So it's kind of double duty on that one, double cuckage. I don't know what else to say, Patrick. I will say um, we have sung his praises before. But I think we gotta in this whole saga uh, give a shout out to uh, to old Tom, Tommy Tuchel here. Uh, did a brilliant job managing this situation. Um, Might have torpedoed Chelsea. In I mean Chelsea was dealing with the COVID cases. Tuchel couldn't stop complaining about only having three subs. Uh, didn't really understand that for whatever reason. Um, he kept saying he didn't understand why. He was like, well, there's a vote and people voted. Um, and we didn't don't have it, but also uh, brilliant, brilliant management here, man management here to get this guy back on side. Uh, I do think Lukaku is just one of those one of those characters in the. You know, you get this with with high profile forwards, and I'm not trying to compare their caliber or acumen. Um, strictly, just kind of their behavior and antics. You know, Mario Balotelli, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You got to take the good with the bad to a degree and being able to manage him and kind of get this thing put in the past, at least as far as it doesn't really matter what the fans think at this stage. It really doesn't. It matters mm-hmm. what that dressing room thinks. And if he can get Lukaku back on side with that dressing room, mm-hmm. he can get Lukaku in form. Um, that team can be deadly. Uh, and, and, I, and I do think, despite the fact that, you know, Tuchel's system might look a little bit better with Havertz at times, I think that if you can get the best out of Lukaku, that's the best version of Chelsea. So Absolutely. I think it's what, what Tuchel's got to do. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it pans out. They obviously had that good result where Lukaku looked decent, but missing his finishing mm-hmm. boots in the, in the Carabao Cup semis. So we'll see how he kicks on. He's got some big games coming up. Yeah. And another, crazy another, though. another feather crazy. In, in Tuchel's cap, to your point, he's not the kind of guy where he's not the kind of guy to shy away from starting 11 that doesn't involve Lukaku if he thinks it's his best start in 11. Mm-hmm. So, totally. Let's see. Totally. It, it is on Lukaku to play himself back into good graces. And, 
I think he, you know, he started and played the majority of the Carabao Cup game today and didn't get on the score sheet, but the effort levels were there for the most part. So the fact that he's already on his path to redemption is, um, yeah, a bit of a PR masterclass, isn't it? Absolutely. But it, the funniest thing before we move on about this whole saga to me is that throughout this entire process, I 100% believe that Lukaku was completely clueless to oh, the yeah. potential blowback of this situation. No. And that's there, my favorite part. There's something so aloof about him. It reminds me of the United days where, you know, uh, he seems like the kind of guy who's just pl- cl- like glued to Twitter as a player, which is the most insane thing you can do in 2022. Kind of like KD. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's huge KD vibes, Patrick, because I don't know if you remember this. United fans kind of got on his case about being, you know, doughboy, chubby boy, whatever. It's not, it's not nice. No, I'm not defending it. It's certainly not nice. <laughs> but as a player, unless it's being... Anyway, that's so. <laughs> unless it's being sung in the stands, as a player, you, you do... It would, be, it would be good of you to avoid that kind of talk. But you know what he did? He posted the beep test results of all the players at United and essentially dragged Luke Shaw for coming in last. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just funny Lukaku behavior and... That was one of the reasons why it never ended up clicking for me and him and my, you know, affection towards him. Because when the going got rough, he didn't buckle down and, and try to fix it. He he would, like, go and do an interview and say, I miss um, what would the club have been at that time. Like, Everton, you know. Everton probably, yeah. yeah. Anyway. I wonder, I wonder where he's going to, like, because when it's, he's, he's going to be an interesting character. Kind of when it's all said and done. Because he's been, uh, you know, he's been playing... You know, first division football for nearly, you know, fifteen le- years if you count the uh, the Belgian the Belgian pro league. But he's been in the Premier League and you know Serie A and all this. He's been Belgium's first first choice goal scorer for for all of those years. You know, I think he's going to end up, you know, at twenty eight years old, he's going to be in that 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 small or should be in that small group of people that have mm-hmm. uh, you know over five hundred goals for club and country. So really interesting character, interesting mm-hmm. character, and I'm. I was hoping I was hoping it would be worse for Chelsea than it was, um, but there's still time. There's still time. Yeah, this is just the first wrinkle in the story. Mm-hmm. Lukaku did a second interview yet to be released. <laughs> Imagine Lukaku's getting the speech from Tuchel, and the whole time in his mind he's like, "Shit, shit, shit! That second video is coming out soon." <laughs> <laughs> Somebody it's stop like, the second. It's like he video. doesn't even know about the second video. <laughs> He's wearing like a Tuchel mask. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking a dumb face. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, Brilliant. Real bad. Real bad. Who's our second freak, James? Okay, Patrick. We have unanimous we're, freaks here. Yeah, we're going on an hour 15, so I'm going to keep this very short. It just felt like if I were to give one single player who's causing locker room drama a freak of the week, I'm going to have to give an alleged 11, anywhere from 11 to 17 Man United locker room disgruntled players my second freak of the week. We can save this for another podcast for another rainy day. All I'll say is I'm I'm close to tearing it all down, Patrick. This is the most depressing, sad, inexcusable United team I've I've, I've ever had the pleasure to support. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it the the Rangnick experiment is so interesting because obviously he has. He's done some things to maybe not ingratiate himself, like sub off Greenwood when he was the best player, bring in the New York Red Bulls coach as his, his, his lead assistant, um, albeit he didn't actually want Carrick or McKenna to leave. But that's besides the fact. There are things you can knock Rangnick for, 
But I think what I'm seeing right now and how I'm feeling in my heart is like, how can you throw this guy under the bus who's been under, in the job for all of a month and he's asking you to press or uh, as, as was quoted, asking you to train past dark. <laughs> and um, it's, it's all kind of turned into locker room turmoil. And it's also kind of thrown the last sword into the Ollie coffin, which was um, rebuild the culture at United. I think it's worst. It's the worst that's ever been um, bloated squad. Too many clicks. Let's see how it goes, Patrick. But I'm ready to tear it down. And this does come with my chapeau of the week because uh, Phil Jones, who has not been around the team for two years and was a meme, literally came on and gave a man a match performance. And he's better than Harry Maguire. So it's it's also a freak in, in, a, in of a chapeau. It's a little nesting doll. Did you see the um, that picture? It's incredible. It's absolutely onto the incredible. field. Yeah. Man, I actually felt for you when I saw that picture. Talk and, about a picture's worth a thousand words, eh? Really is, right? And you you like to say, oh, well, maybe that was just a, you know, poor context. But it does, I mean, that's at home against Wolves. It's, man, it's, it's, it, something's got to, something's got to give there, James. And I, I know you're not a fan of the, uh, you know, Ronaldo's the problem discussion. And I'm not sure I'm willing to go all the way there, but I do. I I just have to believe that that mess with the with the juju here a little bit. That I think yeah. that they had you know vibes FC was killed the day he walked in because that vibes vibes doesn't cut it. And I don't I don't know that they were quite there. I feel like you got to find a way to get Bruno on. I think there's fair criticisms of Ralph, but at a point you got to look at the players. And as you like to say, it's time to stand up and be counted. And yeah. not many of them are doing that right now. So. It's not a good situation. It's a weird one because you kind of know Ralph's only really going to be the manager through the end of the season. If I'm a uh, in your shoes, I'm just yeah, you know, trying to trying to play some, you know, calming music during the Premier League games and just hanging out until February 23rd where you start the Champions League because it's Enjoy that's it, where man. the eggs need to go in that basket. Enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. Um, only because I'm contractually obligated to respond. I think the Ronaldo thing's low-hanging fruit for, for other fans and, and for reporters. It's obviously the story. I think if you were to say, the story's Ronaldo's the problem, why isn't the story Scott McTominay's the problem? You know? Sure. I, well, I, mean, I the, think the, it, 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 if you were to, you know, if I think you can pick out any player right now and say, like, why is he or isn't he the problem? And we, there's, a, there's a large debate to be had, but I do think it's all a bit silly. Totally, totally. And I, I would, uh, again, I'm also contractually obligated to respond. This is how these episodes go mm. as long as they do. Mm. Uh, well, I, I don't, I think that Ronaldo provided a micro, like a, a, a microscope or a magnifying glass to the, to the problems because I think he removed, like you said earlier on, like when you were Zen James, when Ollie was still there, it's like there was this no, there were no more cloak of excuses. You had all the tools at your disposal. Now Ollie's gone, but you don't, really have it's that it's, guy and I feel like so many times you so far you've you've missed on the the right manager you know I think mm -hmm. I, I was I forget who I was having this conversation with but I kind of feel like if 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 you swept you, you swapped uh maybe Van Hollen Moyes that Moyes might have actually had some success at United like once that you know kind of the old Fergie era got out mm -hmm. I feel like Moyes there he's no one was going to be ready to do that no matter who they were yeah uh, it's in, um in missing Conte in that kind of 
funny situation with Spurs. Looking at the market, it's you know you need someone who's going to manage a dressing room. You need someone who can manage a big club, and you need someone who can just organize these players because that yeah. it, they need that desperately. And there's a small a small group of managers that that that, that fit that bill. And I don't mm-hmm. even know that the ones that you're rumored with have. You know, there's there's no perfect fit, right? There's going to be a risk yeah. factor with everybody at this stage. Whereas I think you've had those other opportunities. So, I think that's actually I think that's actually yeah. really fair, and I, I agree with all that. I think the reason why this is the most interesting and probably the most depressing time at United is because it's the only time in the post Fergie era where you're not looking at a manager. Don't get me wrong; some people are trying to look at Rangnick. And listen, I'm not saying he's the gre- the the greatest thing out there. I I have my doubts about him too. But I don't think he's the problem. I think that's ludicrous. So I yes. think this is I think this is the only time in post Fergie era where you don't point your finger at a manager. You know, Moyes brought brought to an end very quickly. Van Hal, terrible football, get him out. Uh, Mourinho started promising and then it all fell apart. And then Ollie, as we just saw, this is like pull the cloak off, as you said. And these players are a bunch of, to use a Neville term. They really are whinge bags. It's it's so mm-hmm. so embarrassing, and yes, it's the players. But if you if you if again, how many times are we going to talk about this on Prem de la Prem? If you want to go to the root, this is like all of Woodward and the board's decisions coming home to roost. Like yeah. this bloated yeah. squad, got, this decision yeah. not to bring in Antonio Conte when he's available, and instead mid-season, mid-COVID shutdown, bring in a guy who hasn't coached in a long time, and it's like, I think we're eating our we're eating our humble pie right now, and I know a lot of people are happy to hear it, but it's just well, fact. I think I think, you know, sometimes you got to take a step back to take a step forward, and I think you know with with shout what out McConaughey. Seen, yeah, right. Uh, and what we've seen over at Arsenal, right? There was, it's been a, it, it's a different, different situations, sure. But our, you know, the step back was, you know, gut the squad, go with a, not an inexperienced manager, a manager with no experience, start the youth, kind of, you know, I don't think that United should go that route given the squad that they have. However, I think that, you know, if you're gonna look at Manchester United's problems, which we have extensively since we've been doing this podcast, they are some problems down to the root. And they're not, you know, they're not problems that you can fix in a transfer window or with one, you know, new coach. Uh, and so I think that this might be just an unnecessary, ugly period for Manchester United to force the hand of Woodward, right? That's the root of the issue. Not Woodward or the board, the Glazers, whoever, right? I don't, because I think Woodward reti- retired and then just is going to stay forever. So, oh yeah, he's on the longest victory lap known to man. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want to leave until we have a new manager appointed, and then once we get that manager appointed, you want to make sure you uphold the standards. And look, we're all loving it. Everyone else wants Woodward to stay forever. It's content <laughs> at the very least. But I think that you need to put. Um, the pressure was it took they were so late to get rid of Ollie and and like they were only a week late yeah on the decision with 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 um the window that they could have gotten Conte because then Spurs of course landed them but they've been you know hacking together the squad really no kind of semblance of organization so I think that you really need to just put all um put everything onto the table let everything be seen and you're going to find out who these characters are. And if Ralph is meant to be this advisor, this somebody who's going to build the club going forward, 
let them look at them in the eyes in the locker room. Let them see who's got the the character to, to do it. You know, there's it's a long season. Mm-hmm. They're not going to look dire for another twenty games. You know, they might look dire over the course of the next twenty mm-hmm. games, but they're they're, they're going to have moments where they stand up. Yeah. Uh, they had a great performance. It was Carrick's last, but against against Arsenal, I thought they had a great performance against Arsenal. Yeah. Uh. Uh, it might be a little rose tinted glasses. I thought that was a pretty well, low quality relative game. to relative to some of the other fixtures that have been in and around that game. Patrick, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because I'm like, oh, our season hasn't really gotten going yet. Our season hasn't really started. We're 19 games in. Our best game of the season, from my point of view, was the first game of the season against Leeds. It, we it's been insanely poor by our standards. And like, yes, there's been good patches. Our new manager bounce was 45 minutes against Crystal Palace in which we didn't score, but I was alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was the, going into the um, the Wolves game. There was someone, one of the commentators was like, you know, and Ralph Ragnett, yet to lose as Manchester United manager. I said, wait a second, yet to lose? That's how we're framing this? Right. Yet to lose? Right. Bro, no. Yeah. No, I mean, f- yes, he, he had yet to lose, but, you know, the 1-0 at Palace, the mm-hmm. tie at Young Boys, 1-0 to, to Norwich, tying Newcastle, yeah. the Burnley game was fine, but it's just, this was meant to be the run, this was meant to be the time you were making up the points, and I think that's part of it as well, it's just, you gotta, oh man, you need to do no. something crazy. We strip, thought it was a solve. Strip the captain, put it on Bruno, Bruno's gotta be the guy, I still think that, he's gotta be the guy. Yeah. And he's not, I mean, he's coming off the bench. On- Shame on the board for for thinking just bringing in a new manager mid season mid mid COVID chaos would would just solve it all. But no, the, there's any there's January way transfers. Problems. Any January um, transfers, James? If we're serious, outgoing is more important than incoming. Yeah, outgoing, but the contracts are so fucked. It, it's not going to happen until the summer. We might get some loan deals struck. Mm. Um, that's what's going to happen outgoing, but. Incoming, if we were a serious club, which we're not, we would get a midfielder, a holy midfielder, but highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yeah. The kind of caliber that you need is not going to move in the winter either. Nope. Nope. Totally agree. So I don't think, yeah, I don't think we can expect a whole lot. I think it's going to be a very strange unfolding and people are going to start to pick sides on... Is Rangnick not getting his message across to the players? Is he not a good coach? What's going on with this system? This four-two-two-two. It's not meant to be the coach. Long term, at least. That's yeah. a weird. That's also weird. You're bringing well, in a guy for like a six month and then two year. Other is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's all weird, and there's like the carrot at the end of the stick that he might be the full time coach. It's all. It's all a mess. But I think what he's it comes down to. He's not appointing himself after this. No, no, no. I think he's 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 like advertising himself in the shop window to the board. That's his. Oh. That's his aim. Yeah, he would not be able to appoint himself. But I, I think the point I was just trying to make is look at what the players are doing on the field and, and trust your eyes. This is the first time in a while you can actually hold these players accountable and, and, and leave the manager aside, and, and, and it's pretty shocking. It's pretty shocking. The one, the one caveat I'll put on this, which I think is you can, you can put on any, any December, is it's a hard time of year. It's a hard time of year and throw in COVID uh, on top of that. It's a hard time of year to play consistent, good football. Uh, and you've got those other messes as well. I'm not trying to make that like long excuse, but you know, let's see how this, this team gets on. Uh, it was our easiest stretch of fixtures the entire season. Sure. But yeah, again, 
I'm, I'm not. I'm not making. That <laughs> I appreciate excuse. it. I appreciate it, but I'm yeah. giving you the. I'm giving you the branch, James. You don't want to take it. That's fine. Burn them. No, Patrick. I. Uh, I think you've been a, a good participant in this conversation. Not not too much knife twisting. I think you can you can just sit back and watch with glee, and that'll be enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, United Hive out there, if you're close to tearing it down with me. Shoot me a tweet. Shoot me a text. Hit us up on Instagram. Because I feel you. Mm-hmm. And for everyone else, let's just hope this thing keeps rolling, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Goal of the week and then no degenerate. We'll just send it out of here. Uh, Patrick. Easy one for me. Easy one, right? Kovacic versus Liverpool. I think a- aesthetically one of the nicest, nicest goals. Um, Backing up. He was the, when the he hit backup that ball. and then ability to shift your momentum. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't just a chip or like a lob, lob mm-hmm. volley. It had power. So it's the backup. Take some steps back. I'm going to shift my body weight and really whack this one. It was. It was yep. beautiful. Yep. Absolutely. If you haven't seen that goal, um, shame on you. It was in the game of the week. Piece of shit. Can't imagine you're listening to us and not watching Chelsea Liverpool. But if you are, we appreciate you. Uh, but yeah, nothing more to say. Beautiful, beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Wow, Chelsea's drawn four of their last five. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Trouble in paradise. I'll say biggest shit show in the Premier League right now. That is a difference of eight points, which would have put them two points off City. There you go. Well, thanks for nothing, Chelsea. Way to ruin the title race. We're a top four podcast, baby. <laughs> Always have been. Oh. Wow, we haven't done a podcast the length of a motion picture in a long time, but it felt fitting that it was the first one of 2022. Maybe back to old habits. Maybe we just have a whole lot we want to get off our chest. Patrick, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? No. All right. I will take that. And with that, we will say goodbye for the first episode of the new year. Looking forward to seeing you on the next one. What's up, Prem Heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.